please note, we are not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Series 2, Episode 2 of We Are All A Bit Mental. It's a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I'm Chesney Hawkes. Today, I am joined, as usual, on the virtual sofa with Lynn Ferguson and Neil Harrington. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. This week's episode is the start of our Edinburgh Fringe run. How exciting. I think that that's why it's good that you've been on the Raz. Yeah, Yeah, because the part of the fringe is drinking. So I think we're just getting into character. So as we've kind of said there, we're in conjunction with the Gilded Balloon for the next four weeks and we'll be joined by what could be best described as our funny fringe friends. What do you mean funny friends? Does that mean like friends that are not in our circle, that are not allowed in our... (laughs) Friends on the edge. They are all on the edge, though, aren't they? <laughs> but they're funny, you know. They are. Well, they're, they're all interesting people, I think. They're all really cool people. I think one of the things that's brilliant about the Edinburgh Fringe is, and if you do it every year, which I used to when I, before I lived here in the land of sun and broken dreams and plastic surgery, I and, and uh, used to... Be, <laughs> guns. And guns. Guns and Gun, broken dreams. Right. And chickens, right? That's the name of your... Guns, broken dreams and chickens, that's the name of your country album, Chesney. Anyway, <laughs> but if you go to Edinburgh every year, there are people that you probably only ever see in Edinburgh. Not because you, you know, don't like them or anything, but they live in different parts of the world or they're doing different things. It's like... It's a, it's what people call eclectic. So you meet people and you haven't seen them since the fringe before, and you're like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, you haven't like aged. a reunion. Want a drink? Yeah, no, it yeah. really is. So that's what we're yeah. doing, and um, and also because we're at the Gilded Balloon, I sort of feel that we should be talking Norwegian. Does anybody talk Norwegian? Can you speak Norwegian? Hi. That's all I know. <laughs> Not a lot of chance for that, I don't think. I think you're in the I wrong show. I spent a lot of time in Norway. Have you I have. I have recorded my last album in Norway, actually. I should really Did know a lot you? more. Really? Tuck. She say tuck is thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's a biscuit in this yes. country. My Nordic brother, Jon, <clears throat> he lives uh, about 40 minutes. Excuse me. I'm falling apart today, guys. <clears throat> um, he lives about 40 minutes uh, west of uh, Oslo in a little place called uh-huh. Moss, right on, right on a fjord, and he has a little <gasps> studio there. So I recorded my, my last album there, and oh, I love it. I love Norway. I love the people. I love the place. It's just, yeah, it's wonderful. Well, that's why we're at the Gilded Balloon then, maybe, because Karen Koren, I call her the queen of all Norway, um, is Scottish-Norwegian, and Katie Koren is obviously Scottish-Norwegian, but more Scottish than Norwegian. And um, and it's funny because Karen's quite she's quite loud, but in the best sort of way. And uh, I would always do my shows at the Gilded Balloon, and when she wanted me to listen to what she was saying, she would just get louder. And whenever she got louder, I would say, "You're speaking Norwegian. I can't understand." <laughs> 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 that wasn't Nor- Norway was in the uh, the news recently because there's a. Oh, it might be Denmark actually, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. <gasps> you can't Still say Denmark or Norway. <laughs> no, you can't. That's like Australia, uh, uh, New Zealand, <laughs> and America and Canada. I know. You're yeah. the same yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. I'm very. Sorry. I apologize. To all our Norwegian listeners and all our Danish listeners, but no, what I was going to say is there's a there's a, a children's cartoon called Mr. Dillerman, which mm. is based on a character that has an extraordinarily large penis, and it's a it's a children's oh. cartoon. Yeah, and he does all these weird things with his with his penis. Like he he rescues people and uh, like he uses it as a, a kind of a helicopter to to help him fly and like he he uses Whoa. a pogo stick and, yeah and it's really but is it, successful. It's a children's cartoon. Yes, yeah, it's like a stripy How does, r- red uh, uh, red and white penis. Wow. <laughs> Instead of Mister Ben, it's Mister John. Mister <laughs> Penis. <laughs> and it's actually Mr. what Mr. it means. It means it means penis man. Dilla man means penis man. Wow. <laughs> wow. God. Only I don't quite know what Hoobia. to say about that. We're all speechless. <laughs> it's speechless. the first time. We're all just like, right, okay, yeah. Um, well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, uh, mentioning uh, Norway and the fabulous Karen and Katie Corran, thanks to them, this week our guest is writer, journalist and Perrier Comedy Award judge, Kate Kopstick. 
And we have a theme for today's show of extremes. I think it started off rather well. <laughs> well, yeah. Picking up on extremes. Lynn, talk to us a little bit about the theory behind this and why have we paired the theme of extremes with, with Kate as our guest. The thing that I love about uh, Kate Copstick is she does nothing by halves. Nothing. Like, she's mm. very passionate about what she uh, thinks. And... Um, and I admire her as well. Like she's sort of outspoken and wild and, and sometimes quite contentious in, in areas. But she also runs this charity uh, called Mama Bashira, um, yeah. which uh, helps people in Kenya, like basically uh, rescues young kids and women who are being abused. Uh, and, and some of the stories are horrific. And, and she isn't actually sort of just sitting over here going, you know, well, not over here, sitting in London going, oh, you know, let me rescue the poor Kenyans. She goes to Kenya, yeah, she carries she's stuff, she, she's involved in it all. So I, I want to reclaim the word extreme because I think we actually use the word extreme uh, in place of annoying, right? Well, we'll say mm. that Lawrence Fox has extreme views. You're like, no, he's just <laughs> annoying. Right? Or <laughs> Piers Morgan can be extreme. You're like, no, he's just an outrage fluffer. He's just a dick. But I, I do think that Kate Copstick is genuinely, beautifully and magnificently extreme. And um, and I would like to... I, I actually wonder what she would think was extreme. Because uh, yeah. she might think you're extremely cute, boys. <laughs> or she might think that I'm extremely <laughs> mental, which she'd be right. Um I think she'd like Mr. Dillerman with his with his huge stripy red and white penis. I think, you know I think you could start she's, with that choice. I yeah. wouldn't be at all surprised because of how Kate Copstick is that if she had written yeah. <laughs> We can give you listeners a little insight into what to expect. There's a little note I found on one of Kate's websites. And it says, this site contains language and material of an adult nature. So if you are easily offended, please fuck off. So there you go. That's <laughs> sounds, that, she sounds like our people, to be honest. Yeah. And she, she is, is our she's tribe. She's totally right? my people, right. So we are, uh, we're really looking forward to, um, to having Kate on board for the first of our Edinburgh Fringe specials. And as if by magic, yeah. the tick has gone on, which means um, Kate is waiting to come in. No, so we will see her and we will see you all with uh, actress, writer and comedian Kate Cops on the other side of the sting. The only reason I said that is because is because I wanted to mention the the Danish cartoon chick children's cartoon called Mr. Dillerman, which is a cartoon character based on uh, on this this guy with a huge cock. And he does all sorts of mad things with his willy. Pretty much any excuse to introduce a big cock. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay, good. I am heavily medicated, you should know that. We don't want you any other I way. I think we're all safer. <laughs> Last time I actually saw you, you know, for real, as it uh, were, you were not doing something awful posh. You were doing, you were doing acting. I, well, I do I do acting. Mother Courage, as Mother, it was. No, Good Women of Setswan for the National Theatre, right? Yeah. But I know, look at me. I know, but that had to be taken off because you insisted on the Chinese eyes and everything. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, actually. Me, big Scottish bird, right? As playing a wee Chinese woman who dresses up as a wee Chinese man. What? This feels like, because uh, sadly, Tob O'Connor has uh, just died the other day. Oh, I saw no. that, yeah. Remember he used to do those things where everyone's in a box. Oh, no, that was celebrity. It's wrong one. But, you know, everyone does the kind of... Looking around. And pretends they're talking to each other. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> that must have been a, a huge it. set. There was about, like, how many layers of people on top of it? It was like there was six little, one, or something, two, wasn't it? There was at least there was three. But it was... As we say in Scotland, a wee bit sugarly when you go on it. <laughs> oh, did you do I've it? I've done it all. I've done Crosswick. <laughs> I've done no. the Bobby Davro experience. <laughs> I think I've done that. <laughs> I think I've paid for that. Uh, as, as News of the World said, I think you just had the Bobby Davro experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know I'm a fan of yours. I've been a fan of yours for ages. And what I love about you is that um, even if I disagree with you, I always respect you. That you never, never, never pretend 
to mm. be something or say something that you don't believe. Okay. And so, like, I brought what the theme of this uh, podcast is, is uh, extreme. Because I would like to reclaim the word extreme. Because I think people use the word extreme right now to be annoying. But I think that, like, you are quite extreme in that yeah. the stuff that you do with Mama Bashira blows my freaking mind blows my mind right but the and that you are also the same person who then will go to the edinburgh festival and party like the rest of us and um and so i wanted to talk about that today okay. so the first thing that i have to ask you about just because i because it matters to me and i've wanted to work on it for ages uh-huh. um is tell us about mama bashira because it matters it really 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 matters well um weird it happened by um it happened by accident and I'm not religious and everything but I do think that um everything has a season (laughs) everything has a time I do think that stuff happens in its own time and when when it's your time like I don't know sounds a bit wanky but the universe will kind of tell you usually by having all your television series cancelled and nobody willing to give you a job. That happens. Um, 1991, I made, uh, I know, I know, I don't know who that was coughing there, but it's amazing to believe that I was actually working in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, obviously, I was, I was very, I mean, very young. I made a television documentary for the BBC about children and AIDS um, because... My friends were dying like flies, basically. Well, not very like flies, because flies don't get HIV, but they were di- there was a lot of them dying. And a little bit like COVID is now, there was all this shit flying around of, oh, you can catch it from a car bonnet, or <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Like, you can catch it from an old Chesney Hawks <laughs> Probably could, actually. <laughs> you can. That, I got asked to co-found a children's AIDS charity. And um, it, that was it, like another life. And I, it, this is going to take hours and hours. Anyway, I ended up in uh, 2006 going out to Kenya for a whole variety of reasons, mainly to take 500 pounds that had been raised to a children's feeding project. And first of all, it was like, well, this is nothing like what Bob Geldof told me there was nobody sitting on street corners and I and Lynn you'll know this I have always had something of a reputation for uh for being a woman hater oh really oh. What? really I never oh no I, like literally when I I would never I have met many women haters in my yeah. time I have to I say I think I gave one too many female stand-ups a bad review which right, translates okay. as I hate yeah, women right. rather yeah, than right. I hate shit comics. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh but fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, the risk of sounding like a woman hater, women make everything so fucking personal. Uh, anyway, really um, so <laughs> I, I really... I don't have a lot of time still for sort of the first world feminist. Oh, he looked at my breast in a funny way. I feel assaulted. Mm. And when I got to Africa, to Kenya, and I met the women there, not a, 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 a single, not a scintilla, uh, that's a big word, Americans. <laughs> you can look at that. Uh, not a scintilla of, you know, self-pity or anything or just... Well, you know, um, I and my child have been uh, burned out of our homes and my husband, before that, my husband was beating me uh, on a daily basis and blah, blah. But let's not talk about that. Let's see what we can do. It was, I never met women like that before. They just made me embarrassed to be as kind of, you know, I don't see myself as needy, but compared to them, I felt like, you know, me, me, me. So I st- and when women like that um, ask you for help, when people like that ask you for help, I, what would be your excuse for saying no? 
other than that you're an absolute master. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think particularly there's a higher power or anything like that, but I think if you are lucky enough to have a life that means you can help people Mm -hmm. and somebody who needs help asks you for help, Mm. what would be any possible reason for saying no? Agreed. So, Mm. and it was like, okay, I can do this. And, you know... Lynn, we're, I mean, I'm like, you know, Scottish working class. My whole, my dad's whole family very much, okay, so it's a bit of a problem, right? We can sort this. Nobody nobody ever said to you, you know, I really love you. What they did say was, your life's shite. I'll sort it out. Totally. You know, that's how you show love. You don't waste air going, you really mean so much to me, which does yeah. bugger all. You go, what's your problems? I'll fix yeah. it. Because you've now set up, a, you've got a shop in Shepherd's Bush, right? Correct. Selling uh, things that are made in Kenya, right? And Correct. the money yes. goes directly back to Kenya. Very, very briefly. 2008, two years later, um, I, I was just pissing about going, oh, you need to go to school, I'll pay your fees. Um, right. Because I was working in television. Uh, I don't know if any of you know, but the media pays quite well for doing basically all. If, if you get it, lucky is money for home. I was getting money for, I expect you'll all remember, no kidding. So I was making very good money. And uh, so I, I did, I was like, oh, I can pay for that. I can pay for that. 2008 was post-election violence in Kenya. Nairobi was burning. All mm. hell was breaking loose. And uh, that's when Mama Biashara really started uh, because me and kind of my Kenyan mum, who's the same age as me, but <laughs> um, uh, we, she took me out one night and we rescued uh, 12 women and their kids from in the bush outside Kenya. And by that time I was bricking it. Wow. I was not outside Kenya, outside Nairobi. And I was kind of mm. bricking it because I thought they're going to ask me all sorts and I do want to help mm. but you know I've got expensive dinners to have and cocaine to buy <laughs> so you know it's not like I <laughs> it's not like I don't have my own expenses so when we met up with them and I I said I don't know why because I'm not one to ask for advice but I said to them how do you want me to help and this woman said and I quote, she said, we all, they all had had small businesses. Like uh, one lady had sold knickers. One lady had sold uh, githeri, which is like a mix of beans and maize that's eaten as a snack food. One woman had sold greens. So very small businesses, kind of that you do outside your own house. Right. And this woman said, uh, if I would help them start the business again, and I quote, we will take it from there. Mm. Now, I kind of don't know what I'd been, well, I know what I'd been been expecting them to say, rent us a house, (laughs) buy us clothes. They basically said, give us the wherewithal to start Mm. our business again. And we'll take it. And we're sorted. So then, of course, Scottish, I'm thinking there must be a, okay, how much would it cost to start the business? And I had a pen, but we'd no paper, but look. Scottish arms. <laughs> so I, within about an hour, I looked like Guy Pearce in Memento because we'd done all the calculations on the on my arms, and it worked out at roughly just under twenty pounds per business. What? Jeez, man! Yeah. It was like being hit with a brick because I'd been brought up on ideas of insurmountable problems and no we must leave this to Oxfam and blah 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 so I just I remember thinking okay uh 20 times 12 240 it's 240 it's a night out you know how much it's an hour out with you Kate isn't it yeah Um, I I could go to a cash machine and get that, and not like, oh, you know, cops yeah. kids doing a fundraiser. Yeah. Um, that's what I did. And it completely worked. Wow. Uh, we went, we bought the stuff. I'm still in touch with some of these women. That was 2008. 
And um, then what happened was, you know, the universe does conspire. I had been doing, uh, with my reproduction companies, I'd been doing two um, uh, television series, which were making quite a lot of money. One was Superbike Racing. Oh, right. And, I, you know, please don't all drop off at once. <laughs> the other one, I know how much you like so bikes. I know. One was super bike racing and the other one was pornography. <laughs> <laughs> it an evening in. And how would anybody associate you with extreme? <laughs> no, right? don't. No, such word. Like. <laughs> My two great loves. So, for some reason, uh, they both stopped at the same time. And I... I went through that hell of, because, you know, I had cocaine to think of. Um, I went through that hell of going to see some 12-year-olds in suits who, while I hadn't been watching, had suddenly become head of comedy absolutely fucking mm. everywhere yeah. in British television. We <laughs> just get on. <laughs> and I got so fed up and so angry, I thought, Fuck the law. I hope, are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, I not yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are all arseholes. I, it came upon me in a blinding flash that everyone working in British media was an arsehole. <laughs> and I thought, I've got, you know, I've got money. I've got savings. There are unbelievable people. Mm. Out, women, generally amazing for me. Um, so I just went, well, okay, bugger it. And I walked away and I became Mama Biashara. Mama Biashara means business mm. mother. Uh, in Kenya, when you are a woman, a mature woman, uh, such is your status uh, in life that nobody ever bothers calling you by your, like, uh, you wouldn't be um, uh, Lynn. Nobody would call you yeah. Lynn. They would right. call you, say, if Chesney right. was your wee boy, they'd call you Mama Chesney. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, your status as a mother no. is much <laughs> more important than your status as a human being. You said that you rescued the, the women. The women were out. Well, you didn't say you rescued them, actually, which is one of the things I love about you, is you talked about these women were uh, outside Nairobi. What were they yep. running from? Why were they there? In uh, 2008, uh, they call it, they uh, get the, my friends, they call it the clashes. Uh, there was an election and they reckoned that it was fixed. And so right. then it was very simply um, violence. The, there was right. a kind of a civil war. So they were running away. They were houses were firebombed. Uh, it, it was actual like mini civil war. Generally speaking, now, um, like over the years, because that was two thousand and eight, um, and that was when Mama Biashara was properly started. And over the years, uh, initially, uh, we helped women that were uh, well. And it's not that it doesn't happen here. It does happen here. But it's not the norm here that uh, if you... Women are very disposable in Kenya. Mm. Very disposable. And, you know, with, with in a lot of areas, if a man, you know, he's running from a, his house catch, you know, that if your house catches fire, what do you take? Well, if a man was running from his house caught fire and his wife and child were there, you know, He'd probably take his favourite pair of trousers. Um, they are uh, women are really nothing there, and they are amazing. Mm. They're yeah. unbelievable mm. there. It's why I get even more irritated. I and one bouncing about here, but I told my friends uh, in Kenya, my female friends, the, the women I work with, about uh, Bridget Christie's show that won the Perrier mm. or whatever right. it was and I took a wee box of pink Bic pens you know right. she did it for anyone there's no she did a show called a Bic for her which was predicated on her outrage at uh, Bic having brought out having marketed a series of pens which were pink 
mm. and they mark they marketed them at women, and this was pretty much a war crime in the eyes and hearts of first world feminists. <laughs> so I took a box <laughs> of uh, the pink pens to Kenya, and I went round and I was like, "Do you want a pen? Oh, so much!" And I went, "But it's pink. Yes, I like pink." <laughs> are you not annoyed the man who made the company who made it think that you like pink then they are very correct I do like pink <laughs> <laughs> then, but they think that because you are a woman you like pink they are very correct I do like pink <laughs> and then, and then they go, but the the ladies i said there is a lady who did a very clever lady who did a show to say that it's very bad for men to think that you would like pink because you are a lady and this is a very bad thing and they're like <laughs> but we do like pink it's a problem oh cool so it's bad to like pink and i'm like no 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 and then like, so then uh the the eventually this woman said copy which the copy does it right so i said yes it writes but then it's a good pen <laughs> and i was like yeah okay so now whenever i tell them about uh oh i was explaining to them about uh louis ck and oh, right. and they go <laughs> Is this the pink pen, ladies? <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the pink pen, ladies, and they're like, uh huh. So, I mean, when I told them, when I told them, it's not going to be very popular. But when I told them about uh, yeah. Louis C.K. or even uh, Harvey, mm. they were like, so I said, so this Louis C.K. is a very, very famous uh, uh, comedian, and blah blah, and he would, there would be the young women comedians and he would say to them will you watch me wank and yeah. they're like yeah okay. and then what did you do and they go well then you had a wank uh-huh. and and then what did you do and then, and then what happened uh, nothing and they go so he raped her no he hit her no he like so what is the problem wow. <laughs> the the problem is that uh, you and he said but he asked <laughs> and they go and, and she could say no and i go but you know he's very important but she could say no yeah. i said yes but he could have given her a mm. job but she could say no mm. and you're going all right then and i tell you If Harvey Weinstein ever gets out of prison and mm. he wants to set up a casting agency <laughs> or a film studio Kenya. every single Kenyan woman <laughs> would be very happy to get a major Hollywood film career to watch him shower or give him a bit of a massage these are women who are being brutally raped along with their kids sometimes mm. for nothing just by men who can and i have yet to hear rose mcgowan mention anything about any woman who's not in hollywood actress i hear you totally mm. what i do say though about it in defense of because the stuff of like i mean this kind of brings us to the edinburgh festival in a way Because, like, the stuff of the Louis C.K. thing, like, working in mm. comedy, it's not a surprise, right? It really isn't a surprise, right? Yeah. And and actually, when you and I were both <clears throat> wondering about the stand-up circuit, it was very yeah. often you'd wander into a room and you were the only woman or whatever. Of course. But there's a bit where, like, I I, I do think that people should speak out about it. I do, because it it's part of the same pattern of an abuse of power. What the people in Kenya are dealing with is much more severe, but the baby steps are when you don't tell someone, cut that crap. Like, mm. I mean, I get it, because I, 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 I agree with you in the sense where I'm like, stop whining, do stuff. I'm Scottish, that's what we do. Mm. But, mm -hmm. um, but I do think that we're in a position 
where we have to encourage people to, to be brave enough to speak. Because if we're not brave enough to speak, then God forbid we end up dealing with as people what these women are having to deal with in Kenya. You know, I, I, I do. I, I know that I, I make very light of it. And it's not good. No. And it's not acceptable. But all you need to do is turn around and go, get to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that mm. is part of, I don't think it's even part of the same continuum yeah. as what happens to women who are genuinely, horribly mm. abused. I just don't. And if it is, then the, the first world women who are shouting so loudly and being so brave about naming, you know, their uh, abusers need to get the fuck out of their nice first world lives and go to where women are really hurting. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm. And yeah. it, it just isn't the same as anything that is happening yeah. here. And while, you know, and it's, it's kind of the same as, uh, I think it's marvellous that, you know, we've got gay marriage, all of that, adoption, marvellous. Now, let's stop banging on about somebody looking at you in a funny way in a shop because you're two guys with a baby. Okay, that's horrible. You fucking deal with it. Mm. That is not the same thing as, as I say, it's not on the same, I don't believe, spectrum mm. as what I, I was just talking today to uh, two groups of um, gay refugees mm. who are in camps or who have just escaped from camps in Kenya. And again, the, the, the stuff that happens there, uh, the, there's uh, three transsexual ladies, um, and they, you know, for all people here, trans people here, feel their suffering. This lovely trans person, uh, his, uh, their born name is Joshua, because uh -huh. I said, your name is Caprice. <laughs> are, you, are you? But largely because she was going, uh, I'm Caprice, blah, blah, blah. We chatted. And then she sent me her profile picture, which was this big butch guy with a massive beard. I mean, we're all smiling. That's who she's got to be so she doesn't get killed. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, boys. Feel free to speak oh, hang up on. if you want Strap to. Strap yourself in, Chess. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Get my tin out on, mate. Hang on. What's coming, on, Neil? Kate. What's coming? Come on, Kate. <laughs> Something's coming. Uh, do you know what I have to say about these boys, though? Like, here's the thing, right? Because I, I am very, I am very pro women, and but I am I'm pro women in the same that I'm pro men, which is I'm pro people. If you're an arsehole, you're an arsehole, and I don't really care yep. what your genitals yep. are. Uh, like how we communicate is how we communicate. These boys are adorable. <laughs> They're adorable, <laughs> and I wouldn't want a big fat naked man to be wanking in front of them or taking a shower or you know ejaculating into a plant pot. Only on a in Friday night. To, <laughs> only on a Friday night. Yeah. In order to dominate or uh, you know. <clears throat> intimidate them either. Can I just make a point here? Yes. Um, if we yeah. were male, yeah. right? Right, we were, you, our, our age yeah. and male, uh, and you had just said about the two boys, if the genders were switched, yeah. that yet <laughs> she's adorable. Yeah. Your podcast would be fucking shot down in flames yeah. by angry first world feminists saying... How dare you call her adorable? Okay, she is a bit adorable. But even though she is, you're not allowed to say that. You know Just what, though? Say it like I it might is, be shot down in flames. Yeah, right? And you are adorable. <laughs> okay, settle down. I think you've got to say, you've got to say what it is that you believe. Yep. If you've thought it through, whether mm. people are going to like it or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm going to be totally yep. uh, outrageous and extreme and, uh, and prejudiced and I'm going to say, well, we've got boys here and I know the thing because they're boys just because they were born with a penis that the thing Aye. that they really want to know is about your career in porn. <laughs> this is true. Oh, don't you, boys? I there would you like go, to know. Right? We do have a subject matter of today's show of extremes, don't we? So there is the... There's your lead-in, <laughs> Kate. Assholes to porn. Shoehorn you in. Oddly enough, depending <laughs> on the size of the member, shoehorning in is something that often happens in porn. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, at one point uh, when was it? Oh, I can't remember anyway I was a series producer on um, Eurotrash oh, I remember oh, yeah. I used to love that and just when you thought I couldn't be any more adorable <laughs> you are adorable um, frighteningly adorable with emphasis on the violently adorable one of the great things was that you got loads of people coming to you trying to sell you you know, pictures of weird breasts stuff. And, and weird stuff, yeah. But, you know, it depends. Well, that's okay. actually so it, isn't it? What's weird? We're all, everybody's definition of what is weird and where the line is. What's and... the weirdest thing you've ever done? Be honest. The weirdest thing you have ever done. We're all going to have to tell. I think that I would place this on weird, but maybe it's just more cheeky. Okay, cool. Which is that when I was in Australia doing stand-up, I was terribly bored. Mm -hmm. And I was at a party and the police arrived because of the noise. And I chatted to the police uh, in my lovely Scottish accent and charmed them. And then they let me take mug shots of them because I thought that would be hilarious. <laughs> and then I said to them that I had to get to this other party. Would they take me there? And so they took me to this other party in the back of the van with a blue light going. That's quite weird, right? <laughs> that is quite weird, right, for them? Next. Uh, there's a few. I trained as a sumo wrestler once. <laughs> Okay, so how badly is it possible to fail training? Well, I mean, I'm not exactly the right size and shape for it. But I tell you what, I did do. You're like the size of a less wrestler's leg. No, exactly. I actually beat Craig Charles in a sumo wrestling contest once. So, showbiz story. I'm just saying, I was quite good at it. But we wore the washabi. I think it's called washabi. It was basically the nappy. Well, washabi is the green stuff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the Mawashi. Mawashi. Wore that it's as well. Mawashi. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to put wasabi on your cock. You'd put <laughs> mawashi on your... <laughs> 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 that's the weirdest thing I ever did was put wasabi on my cock. There you go. <laughs> wasabi on your cock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Next. You know what? I was gonna. One of the weirdest things I ever done. You know what? I think it's quite relevant. Is um, I actually did a stand-up comedy course for about six or eight weeks. <gasps> did you? Yeah. yeah. And um, it was weird to kind of learn about that. And and I suppose to learn about you can only find out where the line is once you cross it. That is and... the weirdest thing you've ever done. Well, it's weird for <laughs> Neil because Neil is so quiet. And spends his time doing Neil. the best of not talking. <laughs> you need to come and hang out with me, Neil. I'll show you weird. I'll bring the wasabi. That, Can true. I come? She will show you weird. Well, it depends how excited you get whether you come or not. <laughs> I love the fact I'm getting the reputation for vanilla. This is brilliant. I'll stick with that. <laughs> Tell us some stuff then, Kate, because you are also um, editor of the Erotic Review and have been for years. Yeah, right? I... Um, something like 1999, I started writing for it. I was kind of... Uh, their resident uh, bisexual in the days when everybody hated bisexual. I just love the idea of having a resident bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's on the I list. Right? I've got a list of drawers, <laughs> car, new bed, resident bisexual. Ticking the boxes. My box has been more heavily ticked than I can know about. I'm sure it has. So we did the erotic review. That was great because. They're really, you know, people, th when they think, people think of porn, they think of kind of, you know, sad, dirty old men. They don't think of anything intellectual. And I'm not saying that kind of, oh, yeah, uh, the, most, the biggest sexual organ in the, the body is the brain. Uh, um, but when you, some of the most outrageous experiences I have what had. What is your most outrageous oh, yeah, experience? Yeah, we had to get that from the you. August, yeah. the August, even I thought... That was weird. Was uh, <laughs> I met this guy at the Groucho Club, uh, and he 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 was kind of an in betweeny. So what he wanted, he she, he she 
what they wanted was uh, to, uh, she always carried around female clothes. So we went to uh, the Soho Hotel and uh, she got dressed up in um, kind of stockings and suspenders and whatnot. And I fucked her up the arse with a strap on. <laughs> oh, that's not weird. Yeah, well, th- and that was right? weird because... You know, I mean, you just, no, this, he, this person was a very complicated person. And this was, you know, maybe uh, 20 years ago. And people, complicated people, didn't really have anywhere to go. And you couldn't say that, no, you know, um, I'm, I'm a man. I'm very happy being a man. I don't want to be a woman, but kind of sometimes I want to feel like a woman and be taken in in the aspect of being taken control mm. of by a, a, a top sexual partner mm. and fucked in the way that a woman is. That doesn't mean to say that I want to be mm. a woman. I just want to have access to that experience mm. right and i i it is why i i think there's all kinds of in-betweenies some of my best we were all all got a little bit of in-betweeny and i do think there's a bit of a danger in sticking labels on absolutely everything <laughs> and going right you're now uh this you're a trans you're this you're whatever yeah just i mean a, a lot of people that i know a lot of people that i I'm, i care a lot for sort of identifies an in-betweeny and that's that's great because i'm intrigued by this in that so much of like a, a lot of what people say about porn right or their objection to porn is abuse yes. that they don't like the abuse of it that they feel like it's uh, exploitation and abuse and so there's that on one side and then the, but and there's also on the other side like you going to Kenya and actually dealing with and fixing and helping and dealing with it. I'm really intrigued as to where your perspective is on what, I guess, how do you marry porn and, and oh God, that's even a weird question to ask. <laughs> porn and sex abuse. Do you know what I mean though? Like, does, yep. is it just me or do you see what I mean? Oh, like, it's so my father, extreme uh, he always said, the most important thing is choice. Right. You have to have choice. Now, I every industry has its really crappy, dingy, horrible side. Yeah. yeah. Every industry has its skanky side. Um, I have not worked in the skanky side of porn. I've worked in kind of mainstream porn. Mm. That doesn't mean no kink, but basically mainstream porn. In mainstream porn, the women have so much more power than the men. Right. When a woman signs a contract to do uh, a mainstream porn film, and I mean, with a, with a decent company, the girls get to go, I don't want to do anal. I don't want someone touching my nipples. Uh, I don't want to be spat on. And when he comes, he can come over my back, but not my front. Mm. They get to say mm. that. They also get to say, I don't want to, I don't want to work, you know, I don't want to fuck Chesney Hall. What? Because he's, you know, he's a bit... <laughs> Never heard that before. Um, That's you out, mate. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Fair enough. They, she can do that. She can put in a list. The guys can't. When uh, a new young uh, female is doing like a first film, they'll go, we're going to put you with Chesney. He's very experienced. He's been doing all kinds of porn for the past 10 years, and he's very, very good. He's only got a small cock. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to hurt very much. It's very easy for you, and he doesn't spit. So the women are genuinely, I think they're better treated than they are in many, many, many industries. And amazingly, it's a lot less um, body fascist than other, you know, when you when you're hanging around with a the camera there, there's a, there is a fair old amount of cellulite and whatnot. There's not the body fascism that there is. Probably, I don't know. In the pop industry, you know, the music industry 
it seems now to be so obsessed with mm. image. I think it always in fact, has. There was a, some of my mates in porn did a big fundraiser and, and raised money for me to fund several businesses to get women out of prostitution. Because in Kenya, and, and I, I don't kid myself, it doesn't happen in this country. Um, when you have absolutely no money as a woman, uh, you've got no prospects, you've maybe got a couple of kids. And the landlord comes around and goes, rent. And you say, look, I really don't have, really don't have the money. Uh, the landlord immediately will go, so uh, tell you what we'll do. Mm. We'll find another way for you to pay. Mm. And that other way becomes this week, this month, is the landlord. Next month, the landlord's having a party. Right. And in a country like Kenya... Um, which is riddled. It is rotten with Christianity. Yeah. So no, there is no coming back. Ah. You know, you don't get to come back from being... The, you'll see people go, eh, Nimalaya. She's a, prost, she's uh -huh. a whore. And that's it. Wow, yeah. So the judgmental aspect means there's no coming back. There's an element of that here with um, women who've been in the porn industry. You know, you never, it, it, let's, let's face it, for example, when you um, got the Good Woman of Sheshwan yeah. uh, gig, supposing you had on your CV um, third whore in bang me senseless four. <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen seven, I haven't seen yeah. four. <laughs> um, they would not have, even if it, there had been some great character work from yeah. you in, you know, Bang Me Senseless, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time, the, certainly what I've found with porn, and most definitely with, with, um, with, with a lot of the women in Kenya, it's not the women, it's not even the guys who bang the women. It's the judgmental arseholes who make decisions about the women on the basis yeah. of what they've done. You see, this brings me back to why I am pleased about what's happened with Weinstein and Louis C.K. Mm -hmm. Because actually there, it is part of human nature to be judgmental. And I mm -hmm. actually feel that it's time for the fat white, sweaty guys wanking into mm -hmm. plant pots that they are the mm -hmm. object of judgment. That we go, actually, enough of you. Cut that crap out. Because what you're talking about with women being judged for, their, for being prostitutes or whatever, I'm like, I, I agree with you. I think it's awful. So now isn't it time to turn our attention to the landlord and go, yeah, I have a big pile of judgment and it's on you, you creepy bastard. No. Mm. Th that's actually fascinating because, yes... Mm -hmm. Yes, in terms of the landlord, because um, if, if in that situation, the woman either gives the landlord what he wants or kicked out. she's yeah. homeless. Mm. She is homeless. She is kicked out on the street with her children. In terms of Weinstein, if you don't give Harvey what Harvey wants... You don't get a career. The worst that happens is you don't get the part in the movie. No, that wasn't the worst. I do have, in that area, I do have an understanding of somebody that I oh, can't okay. talk about. And oh, literally, well, what the deal was, was that the woman would not do what he wanted. And then suddenly the rumour went through uh, uh, the business that this person was difficult. And that nobody should touch them because they were difficult. So it's more than a, a part, it's more oh, than a whole No, it's, it's completely destroying a career. And actually, there were women who were doing pretty well up to a point. And if you look at certain actresses who were doing pretty well and then suddenly completely disappeared, then, uh, then you'll see what that is. Like, so it wasn't just that we're not going to give you that job. It was, I'm going to call my friend who's doing this movie and tell him that you're too difficult to be in it. So actually, the, the reason that I object to it is because I go, look, 
there isn't a point, and this is a situation where when I turn up for a job, right, whether I'm male or female makes no fucking difference. If I'm your plumber, my job is to fix the pipes. My objection with Weinstein is like a, a whole load of things, but actually, really, when it comes down to it, bullying is fucking bullying. Yeah, and and absolutely. however we look at it, and however, and even if we do it messily, and there are annoying people on the way going, he bullied me when he didn't bully you. Fuck it, I'm still up for it because I'm done with this shit. You know, like I, I'm like. Anything, it's this abuse of power. Yeah, like he has the I power mean, to, everywhere. to ruin somebody's career. And I agree with all of that, but yeah, I totally agree with all of that. There's just two things. One, um someone putting a dent in your Hollywood career is not quite the same thing as somebody basically, you know, leaving you to die. But the most important thing is that I 100% agree. It's just bullying. Mm. It is just bullying. It is just misuse of power and bullying. Mm. It's not, a, you know, let's not make some kind of feminist saints out of anybody that just goes yeah you know these these women are not amazing incredible whatever it's not a big female thing mm. all they've done is something that people should have done uh, before and they're doing it from a position where nobody Rose McGowan's not going to starve on the street because she said no to Harvey yeah. and I would be willing to bet all the money I don't have all into James, um, <laughs> that if it had been a choice between doing it and being on the street, she'd have done it. But they're both wrong, aren't they? They're both, you know, both of those yeah. situations. They're all, they're oh. very very different oh. situations, aren't they? And and they're both wrong. So uh, it's like the the, arg yeah. the argument to, to like you know one's worse than the other is is it's it's fair, but I think that. You know, in, in when you look at it, like in both situations, like they're both they both those men are in the wrong and they're abusing their power and totally. and bullying in both ways. Absolutely, yeah. can't believe I've just been put in my moral place by Chesney. <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, you're absolutely right, and it's it is uh, uh maybe it was me that started it for which I apologise, but it's. What angers me is that the I'm not I'm not saying it's recreational outrage in the first mm. world, but but there are people there are you know like I don't know, I keep going back to Rose I just don't think she's a very good actress <laughs> and whatever but she speaks um, very highly of you she, <laughs> you know for God's sake if she never worked again I'm not going to open a vein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Extreme. You know. She's one of our many <laughs> listeners. She loves the show. Hello, It was so much better when it was that strange woman that was apparently drunk all the time and not possible to work with. Doherty, Shannon Doherty. But you see, that's a prime example. We are in a situation where, um, like the stuff that's going on with Britney. The stuff that went on oh, with no. Sissy Spacek. Like, we look at these people like they're crazy. Yeah. And we're not paying attention to why the shit is happening. Yeah. So the stuff with yeah. Harvey Weinstein, I'm sorry. I ain't getting out my tiny violin. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him and not in a sexy way, <laughs> right? And, and actually, I do not care about the attention-seeking, uh, or, you know, once he touched my hands. Because mm. actually... Yeah. Beyond that is real proper shit happening. No, good point. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Can I ask? I wonder um, is the thing that gets you outraged uh, vacuous attention seeking? Because actually, that seems to be like the thing that, like, what you don't like when you go and see a show and you hate it, right? Yeah. And also what you don't like with, like, I'm guessing that you and Rose McGowan are not besties, right? <laughs> so would you say that the thing that riles you, that, that brings up your, the commonality in all of it is that you, you do, and I wonder if that's to do with being Scottish, which is that have substance behind what you're saying. 
don't have so, empty words. I hate, which is strange for somebody in the media, <laughs> you know, I hate fake. And I mm. think that um, if you're going to do, uh, I, I, there are huge problems. There are real problems. There is real stuff in the world to talk about. Uh, so don't, there's no need to fake it. Yeah. Certainly in terms of what I do in Kenya compared to what I see in the first mm -hmm. world. You go, you are recreate the, the divide. And now, even within countries, mm. certainly within the UK, the divide between rich and poor is pretty much everything. It's bigger than the divide between black and white or Christian and Muslim or anything. The big divide is between rich and poor because, you know, there are people with real problems. So if you're going to do a show about all oh, my problems, they better be fucking real problems. Yeah, yeah. I, you know? I do. Um, what I've loved about listening to you is that you are very, this is a very American thing to say, but it's magic, <laughs> which is you're very fucking definitively you. There isn't really a compromise in it. You're not vanilla. Vanilla is not one of your flavours. No. And, no. and I love that because I know that Chesney has done a song for you. Oh, yeah. Which oh. I, I, oh, yeah. Which I uh, think might be of that ilk. Is that so, <laughs> okay. Chesney? I, I would say so, yeah. Every week we, we have our fabulous guest choose a song either that makes them happy uh, or makes them sad, you know, brings happy emotions or, or, or kind of makes them melancholic mm -hmm. for something in the past or whatever. Um, so um, we're going to play your choice, which I have reproduced for you in my studio here. This is our gift to you. you better be I know, good. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all nervous now. Um, so you tell us what the song is and then we'll play it and then afterwards we'll talk about it. So what song did you choose? This song is everything. And I've taught it to women in Kenya <laughs> and we sing it and it's um it's Mama Cass uh make your own kind of okay. music and here is Chesney Hawks performing just for you Kate your very own version Mama Cass make your own kind of music <laughs> nobody can tell you there's only one song worth singing They might try to sell ya Cause it hangs them up To see someone like you But you gotta make your own kind of music Sing your own special song Make your own kind of music if nobody else sings alone You're gonna be knowing The loneliest kind of lonely It may be rough going Just to do your things The hardest thing to do But you gotta make your own kind of music Sings alone. You gotta make. 
That was Chesney Hawks performing Woo! Make Your Own Kind of Music. Awesome. Well done, Ches. Awesome. So tell us, tell us about that song, Kate. Why, why, why is that a special well, one for you? Okay, so everything about Mama Biashara is about the person. Mm. You do it for yourself. These women do everything for themselves. And because of that, and because I thought I knew that that was the right way to go i couldn't get any funding from anywhere and nobody was all they were all saying oh send us your paperwork do this what about your governance committee and so i just thought oh we'll just do it ourselves and i did in london i started a shop to do in london what i was telling the women to do in kenya which is make yourself independent yeah i understand get financial independence so you never have someone coming to your door going, we need to pay the rent, but you could pay it another way. Because we we used to do, um, at the very beginning, we used to do uh, little workshops where we'd go, the, uh, the landlord comes, he says, you have to pay your rent, maybe you could pay another way. And then we used to practice with the women going, no, here is the money, fuck off. <laughs> it just made them feel so good. You know, you could just yeah. see them go, yeah. Empowerment. Yeah. yeah. Sing your own kind of music. Make your own kind of music, yeah. even if nobody else sings along. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very self empowerment, isn't it? It's very much yeah. so. Yeah. It is. It's quite joyous. It's not a huge, yeah. you know, political with a capital P statement. Hmm. But just do it. Do it for yourself. Yeah. Do it for yeah. yourself. Do it your way. Even if, if you know it's right for you. Do it. I think that is yeah. a great way to end. Uh, Kate, I don't want to stop you. This has been fascinating. Um, what I do want to do, though, yeah. is I just we want to make a point uh, about Mama Bashera, about the website and the shop. Just okay. so if there's any listeners, they can they can go and find that. Yeah, we're in. Um, you know, the if you're in London, but the shop is there in West Twelve. Uh, the website is www mamabiashara.com and it's just how it sounds b-i-a-s-h-a-r-a -A -A. it means business it means mama business business yeah, mother. mama business brilliant and one more thing right because yeah. actually you are our first one for the edinburgh fringe mm -hmm. so i'm going to ask you this edinburgh fringe question right, exactly. tell me three reasons why you love the gilded balloon karen corin yeah three passion yeah passion and, and just, she loves, loves comedy and the re, the, everything we've talked about that gets my, you know, go about it. passion, truth, risk, honesty. She is 100% passion. And you don't get better than that in our, in a world and certainly in a performance world where everybody's about what is in, what is now, what is trending. Yeah. Karen goes with her heart. Absolutely. You won't get better than We're that. We're going to agree with you on that because that's why you're here, right? 100%. Yeah. It doesn't get Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so sorry, but we do have to wrap this up. You have been a Astoundingly oh, no. entertaining. Spoil sport, I've, I've hardly said oh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. There was this moment when you were fucking someone up yeah. the ass with a strap on. I, I, mean, yeah, I remember you saying that. <laughs> See it into your mind, Chad, isn't it? <laughs> if nothing else, we have that. Whoa. Uh, well, uh, outrageous was uh, the one adjective we chose at the Extreme. beginning of the show, wasn't it, gang? And what? Well, sorry, <laughs> Extreme. 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 I loved her. I loved I her. I love her too. I thought that was really great. You know what I loved yeah. as well is I, like, you know, because there was points where me and her like disagreed or like, you know, we'd go, no, I don't think yeah. that, right? Well, where all of us did. And what I love about it is that she's not, she, she doesn't feel the need to, uh, um, say you're wrong. No, she wants to hear. She's interested. Yeah. Like, I really yeah. like the discussion that was amazing. of stuff. Yeah, yeah totally. Because she, she only speaks her truth. Yeah. That's, that's what you kind of saw in, in her, like what you said. It's like, it's really so authentic and so her. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's so refreshing to see. You know, you don't really see that in very many people. Well, really. she's never going to be vanilla copstick. Never. She's never no. going to be vanilla. And, no. and I, uh, I really respect her. And I also, if she says something that's contentious, she has a reason behind it. She isn't just like a kind of botherer. Yes. Yeah. A magnificent woman, I would I say. I would say so too. From a bunch of us who are all in between. Magnificent in between <laughs> woman. <laughs> there was something I was I wanted to dip into when I, I was doing a bit of research about Kate beforehand, but I, I just didn't want to interrupt the flow. And it was just um it was one of her blogs I read from a few years ago about um being over in Kenya and what she uh experience and and the thing that put it in perspective for me was obviously we know there's a huge amount of corruption that 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 goes on over there one of the issues and um a hospital bed costs 1500 kenyan shillings a night which is around 10 english pounds and once they're in they do everything in their power not to let them out because it's just seen as a money-making well that's a bit like america I have to say that's that's what happens with your private healthcare over here, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose on that level of poverty. Yeah. To to read that, I, I felt it was a real wake up moment. It was really shocking to hear that. You know, it's just not in their benefit to get better or or to get help. Her blogs are amazing. I think she's such a good writer. Her blogs are amazing, but also yeah. like again, it sort of sums it up, which is you can like her or hate her, but she really, really, really. Uh, stands by mm. what she says, and she's so passionate. I mean, I love, I love yeah. passionate people. You know, I mean, she has such passion for, for. I mean, she does. She's not one that will just sit there talking about the weather. You know, it has to be well, something of meaning. <laughs> but it has passion she in it. Then talk about she the would. <laughs> it's nice weather for a strap <laughs> 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 It's always nice weather for a strap-on. <laughs> what a lovely life to live God, in, eh? It's always nice weather. weather for a strap-on, yeah. F only. There's the title of, the, of this uh, show, then. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, definitely good value. Well, look, it's time to wrap things up, I'm afraid, team. Uh, we hope you listeners have enjoyed the show, as always, as much as we have. Yes, and if you have enjoyed it as much as we have, please tell someone about it. Uh, we would we would love that. Could you could you just spread the love for us? Spread our love. Yeah. Spread the mental uh, I'll tell you love. Cheers. Retake it. Read the line <laughs> I, I wrote for you. I'm confused. What you want me to do, guys? Sorry. So you know how you. I'm I'm, I'm you, just. You know how I'm pretty. You, but... <laughs> Brilliant. You're pretty, but hold there over. is an end to a show. <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week when our guest will be movie star and giantly brilliant human being Alfred Molina so until then I've been Lynn Ferguson he's been Chesney Hawks pretty Chesney Hawks very pretty Chesney Hawks <laughs> he's been Harrington and we are all a bit mental bye bye everybody yes we are goodbye bye <laughs> you've been listening to we are all a bit mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Produced and edited for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Ches and Brandon.